Welcome into another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. We appreciate you letting us steal some of your time to enjoy this podcast. Jeff, got three awesome interviews lined up. Again, that's kind of been the route we've taken this spring is to kind of go interview heavy. And we've got, I think, three really good ones this evening. Who's batting lead off for us in our interview lineup? Yeah, batting lead off will be Hunter Holyfield, uh, CrossFit athlete, uh, right here from right here in our own backyard, Lee. Yep, a, a career native and a guy that's uh, making a, a big splash there on the CrossFit scene. You'll hear um, just how elite Hunter is in that interview. And then speaking of elite, Jeff, the number two uh, guy in our batting order, Coach Roby and what he is accomplishing with his club at Madison Central. 22-0 and on the year. Any baseball poll that's worth looking at has them uh, in the top five, not in the state, but in the country. And so it was a pleasure to get to visit with uh, Coach Roby. And then another uh, guy local to us uh, who has just done a phenomenal job over in Hammond, America, and that's uh, Matt Riser in the three spot. And, Jeff, it was good to be able to catch up with Matt. Yeah, it really was. He's got his southeastern – uh, Lions uh, top of the conference. They got a matchup this weekend with Stephen F. Austin, and you'll hear him talk about that, uh, about getting the guy's uh, mindset right, uh, kind of winding down this season to get ready for the playoffs, setting at top of the conference. Yeah, watch uh, Matt play baseball, of course, at Picune and then at PRCC before he went on the two-lane and saw where he got his 200th win earlier this season really about 10 or 12 days ago and Jeff just more and more things make me feel old man but that was one <laughs> of them to see that he's in his eighth year over at Southeastern and has just done a tremendous job so once again I'll say to our listeners and our sponsors thank you we know that there's a, a trillion ways to spend time so if you're spending any time listening to this podcast it's most appreciated uh, means a lot to Jeff and I that you'd invest in us. And as always, we appreciate our guests. And so sit back and enjoy these three interviews this evening. Hey, everybody. Have you heard about the new restaurant in town? Brickside Coffee Cafe. Stop by and get a cup of your favorite coffee made by one of our great baristas and have some of our yummy breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Pancakes, the bacon and eggs, the hamburgers, spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, redfish tacos, and so much more. Don't forget the brownie alamo. Check us out on Facebook. Order online. Stop by the drive-thru. Or come on in and stay a while. That's Creekside Coffee Cafe. We'll make you happy. We're pumped to be joined now by Hunter Holyfield, a local uh, CrossFit athlete who has done a phenomenal job and really put his name on the CrossFit map. And Hunter, thanks for taking time for Jeff and I. Oh, yes, sir. It's a pleasure to be on with y'all. Hunter, 55th as we head into the semifinals of the CrossFit open and Hunter when I look at the numbers on you know the people that were able to put their name in a hat so to speak when this whole CrossFit open started the number that I saw was over 137,000 uh so 
that's just incredible, man, with the work that you put in and uh, the the place that you're currently sitting in waiting to figure out where you're going to compete in the semifinals. Oh, yes, sir. It's, uh, it's definitely a blessing to be able to do it, um, just having an able body and the crew around me to allow it to happen. Hunter, when you talk about the crew, you know, the local paper here in Picune, uh, Jonathan Mitchell did a good story on you. I guess it was uh, last week or two weeks ago. But in the story, he alluded to a football coach, you know, kind of uh, steering you in this direction. Would you give us the name of that coach and, and kind of what that looked like? Yeah, so uh, after football season my senior year, um, there was a group of guys of us that uh, – would literally break into the field house to go work out. Um, and I guess he's seen the love that we all had for working out. And it was actually Seth Hayden was, uh, was doing CrossFit at the time and had been doing it for a little while. And uh, he, he talked me into coming working out with him for a little bit. And ever since then, I've just been hooked on it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I figured it was Seth. And when I read the article, Seth Hayden, for the sports fans around here, that, that name certainly resonates. He's a coach at Picune. Now, the coach up at PRC was a phenomenal high school running back uh, for the Blue Devils. was a really good running back uh, for the Wildcats. But when I started hearing your name, you know, pop up at Union CrossFit and the things you were starting to accomplish, that was, he was kind of my measuring stick. He was all I really knew to look at a, a board and say, well, where is, you know, Seth? And I, so that's pretty cool that he's in, involved in the story because, uh, he wasn't on this level. I don't think he would shake his head at hearing that on on this podcast, but he was the most elite that I had seen in this area, uh, I guess, prior to you coming on the scene. Yeah, so I didn't uh, – I didn't – never watched him play at a high school or college level, but uh, anytime I, we talk about football to anybody around here, any local, they always bring up Seth Hayden. Yeah, he was a phenomenal um, – just phenomenal running back, too. So, Tell us what this is going to look like, Hunter, uh, the next step um, for you in this competition. Like, what do the semifinals look like? Where will that take place? Do we know? Uh, so, the CrossFit headquarters just sent out an email today to everyone that qualified for the quarterfinals, I mean, for the semifinals. Um, so, like you said, the, the 137,000 or 127,000 that competed in the Open, um, they took the top 10% of each continent after the three-week open to compete in the quarterfinals, which was this past weekend. So there were, I think, 75,000 um, in North America that did the semifinal. I mean, the quarterfinals, I'm sorry. And uh, so that was a weekend event. We had five workouts. Um, and of the 7,500 that did the quarterfinals, from North America, they took the top 120 athletes, 120 males, 120 females. And so there's four competitions after that, um, one being online. It was supposed to be in Montreal, Canada. They moved it online virtual because of COVID. Sure. Um, there's one in Minnesota. There's one in Knoxville, Tennessee. And there's also one in Las Vegas. Um, they sent out an email today to all the athletes that qualified for semifinals. Um, kind of did a little survey, asked us our name, where we're from, 
and gave us a list of of the four competitions, which one would be most interested into, to least interested into. Um, but yeah, they just sent that out like three thirty today. Wow. So I'm so not that's sure. cool. Yeah, so that, I think we'll know. Uh, the survey had to be turned in by this Friday, and we'll know two weeks from today which uh, at which location we'll be at. So, Hunter, the folks that maybe aren't uh, familiar with CrossFit, it's a wide-ranging uh, deal. And so they can ask you in this coming event, I mean, they can ask you to do anything from swimming, running, pull-ups. Like, I mean, it's going to be wide open what they may ask of you in these workouts. Yes, so it could be, I guess, depending on the location and depending on the, like, where the actual competition is held at. Um, there could be swimming. We've swam. We went, I went from swimming in Miami Harbor to running mountains in Tennessee. Um, the one in Canada, we would, we would have been swimming in the Olympic Center there. I mean, it, it ranges from the bottom to the top. So I'm guessing Jeff and I's normal workout isn't probably preparing somebody like yourself for this. So what does that look like, Hunter? Like your prep work and what you're going um, through. So swimming wise, uh, the weather right now isn't really cut for it. Um, so I guess when it warms up a little bit, I'll try to get in Hideaway Lake or something to get some swimming in. Um, as far as I was telling y'all, the mountain run we had to do in Tennessee, there really was no way to prep for that because I mean. We're pretty flat here. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, swimming, long distance running, maybe running on the treadmill and incline a little bit. I mean, just try to get ready for anything, I guess. So, Hunter, if they were to put the perfect wide on the board for you, man, what would that look like? What's like your wheelhouse go-to uh, go-to deal? Uh, I would have to say some some bar muscle ups and heavy snatches mercy yeah that would have been right in my wheelhouse too that is unreal man it's so impressive <laughs> you know Pearl River County um Carrier Picune area is just so uh proud of of what you've accomplished and you know it doesn't take if you don't know anything about CrossFit but can do math this is just unbelievable the the spot that you've landed yourself with hard work so continued success man and uh We'll have you on again once you dominate uh, these uh, semifinals. Semifinals, yes, sir. That sounds good, man. I appreciate it for uh, for having me. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous getting on here, but I think I'm smoothed out a little bit now. I'll be more ready for the next one. Hey, there you go. Look, that, that is, don't let that be the worry. Be worried about those mountain runs and that swimming in the ocean. This will be easy compared to that. Oh, uh, yeah. See, that's that's another crazy thing. I I don't get nervous before working out, but I do get nervous before stuff like this. Well, look, man, uh, the Yoon uh, CrossFit there with uh, Richard M. Hoff and then Edgar uh, Woods with the gym. I know they've been uh, good partners to you and uh, and and help with your development. Hunter, is there ways like the community or, or sponsorship opportunities? I know that. Uh, it can get kind of expensive with the traveling that you're doing. Is, is there a way people can potentially help you out, Hunter? Yeah, so uh, we don't have anything lined up for this um, this coming up competition. But in the past, and the ones in the past, we've, we've sold T-shirts. Uh, we would put businesses on the back of them. 
Um, not really give a price, like a bottom price, just just a donation. We'll put your business on the back of the T-shirt. Um, anybody interested in buying a T-shirt, we're gonna, probably going to sell T-shirts for this one also. Yeah, perfect, man. If some of those details uh, come out, we'll make sure that our listeners uh, get that as well. But thanks again, man, and, and good luck, Connor. Oh, yeah, thank you all. I, I enjoyed it. Did you know the number one GM volume dealership of all of 2020 was here in Little Picayune, Mississippi? No, it wasn't in Jackson, Hattiesburg, or the bustling Gulf Coast. It was at Mossy of Picayune. That's right, Mossy of Picayune. Car buyers are driving hours for a great price and a great customer buying experience. At Mossy, you can shop, drive, and compare Chevy, Cadillac, Buick, and GMC all in one location. If a certified or pre-owned vehicle is what you're looking for, Mossy has a huge selection of trades and all fleece vehicles to choose from. You can see their entire lineup with pictures, prices, and hundreds of vehicles at MossySuperstore.com. That's MossySuperstore.com. Come in today and see why Mossy of Picune sells so many vehicles or call the management team, Frank Bonanno, Keith Henry, or Roy Penton at 601-798-7575 to schedule your appointment today. Hey folks, if you need that special sweet treat for birthdays, anniversaries, or just because, stop by and see our friends at Katie Cake and Company. They are located at 109 West Canal Street in Picayune. Let Katie Cake and Company satisfy your sweet tooth. Shh, your scale will never have to know. We're excited now to be joined by the head coach of Madison Central, Patrick Roby. Coach Roby, thanks for taking time for Jeff and I this evening. Well, thank you for having uh, having me on. Anytime I get an opportunity to, to speak uh, about our kids and our program, I'm excited to do so. Coach, got to be kind of extra special or extra exciting this season. What a team you're coaching, man. Um, just incredible 22-0 and start. Any, I was telling Jeff before we came on, I hate to put a ranking to y'all because there's so many high school baseball polls, but Anyone you would trust has you in the top ten. It's just been an incredible year. It has, and, and I say this with with all humility. I I want to give credit to the former coaches and the former players that have come through this program because you know there's been a lot of success here for a long time, and that you know when my feet hit the ground running each morning, I I have an obligation to those former players and former coaches to you know, to kind of keep going what they started. And I'm, I'm grateful to have an opportunity to coach this group, talented group of kids, no doubt. Coach, sometimes, you know, when you look at sports in general, we're not just going to pinpoint it to baseball, but as much talent as you have on this roster, sometimes that comes with some egos. But just following the press clipping, following um, your players, one thing I like about, about you and the program as these players, I get to see them interact with the media a good bit, which I, I appreciate, you know, that. But I just don't see or sense any really uh, ego issues with a team this talented. You would almost expect that. Now, I can assure you, there's no egos in that dugout. Um, that, those players, they, those players love each other. They play for each other. And they have a great time together. That's a pretty good combination. Absolutely, Coach. And I'll ask this, Coach, in, in the starting nine that you're routinely rolling out, how many uh, next-level ball players? and we're not going to say uh, Division One, but Community College Division One, 
all going to potentially or have the ability to play on the next level, Coach? Yeah, if if they choose to. You know, there's there's some guys on our roster or juniors and seniors that, that would probably have the ability to that, that may decide that they just are, you know, ready to go to school or may play another sport in college. But, um, you know, our juniors that, that are playing now um, – have got some opportunities early on. Of course, the Division One stuff is, is kind of, uh, I don't want to say on the back burner, but we just don't know right now because those guys had not had a chance to get out and see a play. They're not seeing anything other than the video. Um, but, you know, the way the landscape of summer baseball is right now, fortunately for the majority of our seniors that had an opportunity to, 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 to get a Division One offer, the majority of them uh, have that. But, there's some guys that I, I think due to the roster sizes and the, the log jams at some of these universities across the country, we do have a handful of guys that, that are, I feel, in my opinion, are talented enough to play uh, at the four-year level out of high school, but they may not get that opportunity right now just because of the uncertainty and with roster numbers. And, and I've talked with, you know, a lot of those coaches on a regular basis and, you know, it's tough on them, just like it is the players mm-hmm. and the families, because, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty of, you know, is this kid going to graduate but decide to come back for another year because uh, he's got an extra year of eligibility or is he going to move on and join the workforce or, you know, and, and the the way the draft was last year, and it'll be shortened again this year to some degree, that affects some guys that might potentially sign a pro contract but decide to come back to college so it just all falls back down on the on the high school kids and you know maybe that opportunity is just not there because of the numbers yeah and coach Roby, we benefit from it in the sense that we're watching like super high level college baseball uh either midweek or weekend but it's going to be a real mess there's not a uh, just a great fix for it either is there coach no, it's it's just a. I think it's a situation that's going to take three or four years to kind of iron itself back out. Uh, it's just very unfortunate. Um, but, you know, you you try to find the silver lining and you know try to see the glass is half full rather than half empty. But it's tough. It, you know, it it is. It's 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 tough. I've got um, you know I have players we have that and families that we have that conversation with quite often because of you know just. I don't have all the answers, but I just try to give them the best answer I can. You know, it's 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 a tough situation. Sure. Let's look at the bright side, Coach. You talk about finding a silver line, and man, a club that's given up less than a run, a ball game, and then looking at this team average, Coach, y'all are batting nearly 430 as a team in high school baseball, and it's not like we just started. 22 games in. It's, I mean. <laughs> I hate to say this, Coach, but do you kind of look at these numbers even in your role and almost marvel at them? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's certainly some incredible numbers these kids have put up. Um, you know, it's number one. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of guys in our lineup that have played a lot of baseball, and there's you know most of these kids were blessed to have opportunities as young kids and it's through their middle school years and, and certainly early high school years to play for good instructors. Um, you know, blessed to have families that can provide that opportunity for them at a young age to get, you know, an opportunity to not only swing the bat, but, but learn the art of hitting. Um, and, and to just, you know, then, then there's the physical maturity part of it that we play a lot of seniors. Um, so those guys have, 
again, they've got a lot of games under their belt. Um, and they enjoy it. They, 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 they kind of take a backyard wiffle ball mentality to the game. And, and it's just no matter the score, they're, they feel like they have something to prove every time out. And, and sometimes that's, that's, a, that's a tough thing because when you get a big lead, uh, they kind of take their foot off the gas. But our guys just um, – they see every oppor- they see every at-bat as an opportunity to, to do something um, to help the team. And uh, I think, you know, one of the big things that our guys do is, is the – you know, they don't give away outs and they don't make weak early outs. They, they have a, a, a innate ability to battle with two strikes and, and spoil some pitches until that pitcher ultimately makes a mistake and – um, it, it's been a it's been a fun year watching those guys top to bottom have the success that they've had. Coach, I thought it was interesting just doing some research. Uh, some of your quotes when you took the job there at Madison Central, and one of them was uh, the other coaches that whether it be um, you know show of uh, sharing different office space or uh, uh, one of the quotes was that you shared duty with some of these guys. Some of the other coaches that you've coached with along the way from other sports that you've learned from and be able to take things from. I thought that was cool. I think our listeners would appreciate hearing some of that from you. Cecil Hines, our soccer coach, there's no question, one of the most passionate, successful coaches I've been around. And I don't know anything about soccer other than watching my 11-year-old daughter and and having the chance to see her play soccer as a young child. But but golly, watching, you know, number one with Cecil is his patience with those kids, the ability to get a point across without having to be too flamboyant, flamboyant without being too loud. Uh, just uh, the respect that he gets from those kids just because, you know, number one, he's, he's got a great knowledge of the sport. But his organization. And then again, you know, I think I remember what you're talking about is, is you know, even going to watch um, – my son's youth practice, youth practices. I picked up two things today. My son was doing a hitting lesson with a coach from Richland High School, uh, and and I was sitting there listening from him and just learning. I, I think the opportunity learns out there every day. I think when you quit trying to learn, and then I, I think you quit growing, and I think that's when your your career starts going the, the the opposite direction that you want it to. And it's really, I mean, you mentioned other coaches. It's it's really a pretty cool fraternity that. Uh, you guys and ladies, you know, you trade secrets back and forth that this state, I think, uh, maybe not in particular, but we get to see it because it's here local to us. But it's really neat the way that uh, you trade ideas and, and swap swap stories yeah. on things. Yeah, our sport in particular, I'll say about this, about, about the sport of baseball, there's about any, just about any high school coach out there will give you any information they have except their signs. And it's 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 very very neat to go to to go to clinics and just talk on the phone with people that you trust and and, um, and that you know because all of, all of us high school coaches we battle the same we have we all have the same challenges uh, whether you're at a one A school or a six A school we we all have our same challenges and it's really neat the brotherhood and the fraternity that we have to uh, to to steal and borrow and share ideas and and talk about what's worked for us and and what hasn't worked for us. Um, But, but, you know, thinking about early on in my career, the football coaches that I work with, you know, I I work with Lance Pogue. I work with Ricky Woods. uh, I work with Anthony Hart at Lafayette, you know, and here again at Madison. Um, You know, grew up in the deer camp with Scott Berry at Southern Miss and Hill Denson and just having a chance to, 
you know, as a as a young child, sit around a campfire and listen to those guys talk about recruiting and, and player development. Um, it's been a, no doubt a big part of my development as a coach also. Yeah, a lot of wins and then a lot of gentlemen building and, and those names that you just uh, reeled off right there, too. <laughs> yeah, I took I saw a picture of uh, – actually, it was at our deer camp. It was a picture of Coach Denson and Coach Barry and, and then uh, Steve Clements, who's a very successful soccer coach out in the state of Texas, uh, was, you know, formerly coached at Marina Community College. And I saw, I saw that picture. My son was in the picture. I said, there's a picture. And Coach Denson said, that's a lot of losses, too. <laughs> but uh, – a lot of, that's a, a difficult of, coach's perspective. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, coach, when you look at the challenge ahead, perfect uh, season, perfect record, and then um, we're not far from the, the playoffs uh, beginning. It doesn't sound like you're going to have a, a real challenge on keeping your team's um, head on straight going into that. But, it, I mean, we just saw uh, Gonzaga run off a, a perfect record in college basketball and then not complete what they wanted to. So does that kind of give you a lesson, a point, too? Well, you know, there's been great teams at Madison Central before that have that have been in a similar situation. I can't say for sure that they rolled into, you know, made a deep playoff run undefeated. Maybe so, but it's, you know, if our kid – I really, really feel like our kids are just focused on one day at a time. Um, they could they could have me fooled. Um, but, you know, we're going to be challenged. Uh, we'll be challenged immensely at some point. Um, but we do talk to our kids about understanding that, you know, you get, you get knocked down seven times, you get back up eight. Um, you just have to respond. You know, our kids wear a bracelet that says respond on it because I believe that the most important mm-hmm. thing you'll let – you'll ever do in your life when given the chance is to respond. And so we, we just feel like, you know, when, when, when that time comes, when we're in a two, one ball game late, you know, or tie ball game, or maybe down a run or two that our kids would just, you know, keep plugging along because that's what they're trained to do. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 ba- it's, it's, a, it's really a special season. Um, whatever happens happens, but we're going to enjoy it one day at a time. And, um, just embrace the challenges as we face them. Well, there you go, Coach. Man, it's been great uh, getting a chance to meet you, taking time for the podcast. And I'll say this, as good as your team is, Coach, whoever's running that old Twitter account for the Jaguars, pretty uh, pretty good at what they're doing too, man. That's a fun account to follow. So. Tyler Poole, Tyler Poole. He's our, uh, he coaches our infielders and works with our hitters. Uh, young man out of Arlington, Tennessee, we're blessed to have him. Yeah, that was a good job. Coach, continued success, man. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me on. Are you an avid gym enthusiast, a part-timer, or just a brand-new beginner? Well, CrossFit 534 is the place for you. CrossFit 534 is an encouraging group training facility located at 104 West Magnolia Street in downtown Poplarville. Their mission is to create a stronger version both physically and mentally of you when life outside the gym demands it. They have coach-led classes to accommodate all schedules from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Once again, that's CrossFit 534 in downtown Poplarville. Check them out on Facebook at CrossFit 534. 
Eli and Shauna Oder pride themselves on the way that they serve their customers. With that being said, they have recently formed the Magnolia Insurance Services to take care of all your business, trucking, property, and vehicle insurance needs. Please call 601-590-3676. That number again is 601-590-3676 for any of your insurance needs here in Pearl River County. We have the pleasure now to visit with a buddy of ours, Matt Riser, of course, former Picayune Maroon Tide, former Pearl River Community College Wildcat, and now in his eighth season over at Southeastern Louisiana, head coach of the Lions over that way. Matt, thanks for taking time for Jeff and I. Yeah, absolutely, Clay. Appreciate it, man. Anytime I get a chance to talk about the Lions, man, I always love it. Well, look, Matt, y'all are having a great year, too, man. First place in the Southland Conference. Tell um, our listeners back home here, most everybody keeps up with y'all anyway because of that connection, but team playing good ball, huh? Yeah, man, got off to uh, got off to a good start uh, in conference play, man, and you know, and that first half of the of the conference is officially over. We got through five weekends and sitting in first place, but you know, like I told the guys, you know how I am mentality wise, Clay. I'm not real real happy, not real satisfied <laughs> with where we're at being in first place. I think we should should have a little bit more of a lead in that. So, um, yeah, we we've talked about the second half of the conference schedule. We're going in to play Stephen F. Austin this weekend, who's who's coming off two tight games against Texas Tech and uh, got a good club. But, you know, like we talked about, man, we got to win at home. We got to win on the road. And, and fortunate enough, we won our last uh, series on the road at Lamar and, and swept the weekend. So the second half, we just really talked about concentrating on on us. You know, I don't want to get in a situation where we're watching scores with McNeese and Sam Houston and whoever else is in the mix there for conference championship at the end of the year. This year's been a little bit different. You know, we've got a 40-game conference schedule. we got a chance to really create some distance in this and, and these four games set on the weekend. So uh, I told the guys, let's go. Let's bottle down and see if we can set a school record or a conference record for, you know, win the, the league by the most games ever. Matt, when you look at it, you mentioned it there in your answer, which you normally do. 15-4 um, and four at home, 20-12 and 12 overall. You kind of mentioned playing uh, the same way, whether you're at the pad or not. That's a point of emphasis. I heard it in your answer already. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously it's all about defending the home turf. You know, there's there's some things that, you know, uh, being at your home field and, and especially with our environment and our crowd. And, you know, this COVID year is different. You know, some people have capacity uh, restrictions. Also, we've got some capacity restrictions and health concerns, you know, with the COVID and, uh, our administration's just done a fantastic job of making a, a, a sense of normalcy at our ballpark. So uh, I think, in all honesty, when guys come in the ballpark at our place, it's like, oh wow, it's, it's like real baseball. We don't have to worry about wearing masks and you know right. doing all the social distancing and everything else. We've all all had the, the test on the front end and done everything uh, prevention-wise before we get to the game, so we don't have to you know really concern ourselves with it. And, um, I think that definitely gives us a home field advantage from a crowd standpoint, too. You know, we're, we're letting 800 to 900 people in the stands and uh, still create some energy in the ballpark. You know, we went out there, zone of the second weekend, and only the parents were allowed in. You know, we must have had 75 people in a, a 9,000 capacity uh, stadium out in Arizona. So there's difference there in the environment, but I think it helps us here. And then, you know, we talked about that. We started out at Arizona, like we talked about on the road, started out 0 4. You know, we lost some tight ball games there late. and uh, you know, really had to kind of get this road thing down. And our last road trip, we were able to do that with a sweep at Lamar and Beaumont, where usually they're pretty tough. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about again, yeah, hey, man, 
doesn't matter when, where, whoever, whenever, uh, you know, tell us where to play and when to go, and we'll strap it on and get after Man, your team, you know, y'all posted social media-wise. Somebody there does a good job with y'all social media. Some numbers that your club brings in the nation. Number one in being hit by a pitch. Number three in shutout. Fourth in the country in double plays. Uh, fourth in the country in stolen bases. Twelfth in walks. And then a big number here, number 16 in run score. That's how you win games, right, and, uh, scoring those runs. But – all those numbers, Matt, and then you look at your team ERA and y'all are allowing less than four a game. That's a pretty good combination, man. Yeah, we've been fortunate, man. We, you know, Coming in the year and all, obviously, Clay, we felt uh, this was going to be a pitching-heavy club. Uh, had a lot of returners offensively from a year ago, but just really need to get a year better. And those guys did. And, and so kudos to those guys for just all the hard work they put in and uh, just to continue to try to better themselves. But uh, yeah, like you said, man, you know, I think the neat thing is you talk about all those categories, but I think you hit every aspect, right? You talk about pitching and, uh, you know, talk about runs scored offensively, but you talk about defense too, you know, double plays. And so uh, there's there's an area we're talking about. Offensively, we're getting on base with HBPs. Also, we're creating different situations by stealing bags. So we'll get a guy in scoring position by stealing second or get a guy at third or less than two. Then we're cashing in. We're scoring the runs. And then I, like we talked about on the flip side of that, man, just pitching and defense-wise, those win championships, you know, the, the offense can come and go a little bit. There's some slumps, you know, uh, in offense. Um, and really in pitching and defense, there, there shouldn't be any slumps, you know. Uh, we've had our, our trials and tribulations just like everybody else between the, the COVID and really more injury-related. We've lost some weekend starters, but all it's done is create some opportunities for some younger guys to really do a good job of stepping up for us. We've had some true freshmen that have had really outstanding years so far to date, you know, halfway through the halfway point. If they can finish the years that they've had, they have opportunities to be freshman All-Americans. So the guys have just really bought into this mentality and something we created, you know, in all honesty, when we got back on campus in August, Clay was, hey, man, we don't know what COVID is going to look like in the season when we get there and what the protocol is going to be and, you know, the quarantine and, and the contact tracing and, you know, the long laundry list of things that could happen. So, hey, man, just put yourself in next-up mentality. If we don't have our Trey Schaefer and our Will Warren and our Grant Upton one, two, three for a weekend, so what? You know, next man up. Can I have an opportunity to cash in and go do it? We still have the same expectation. If we're going out to Arizona and playing them without our guys, we still expect to go beat Arizona. It's not an excuse or a reason why we can't have success. So the guys have just done a, a great job of encumbering themselves in that mindset of, hey, man, so what? That guy's out. No big deal. We'll pick him up for the weekend. When we get him back, you know, we can rock and roll. So, um, yeah, a lot of guys have been cashing on some opportunities, and some opportunities will continue to arise as the season finishes. Matt, when you look at the log jam, uh, the shortened draft, we talked about COVID, baseball, this must be the most depth, talent-rich that college baseball has ever had in a season. So it used to be the Friday night starter, but with these four-game series, you're basically going to be facing probably two Friday night starters, if you will, through a four-game series. What's it been like from your perspective, just the depth, all around y'all. Y'all are deep, but everybody else is too, right? Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Clay. I mean, you know, with all this, there's a backlog of jam of, of players and talent and ability. And uh, I've never seen so many 99 on our fastballs in my entire life, from a playing career to a coaching career. It's, it's just unreal, man. We we got the Arizona, and they're four starter, true freshman rolls out, you know, 98, 99, 98, 99, 97. And we're like, okay, you know, trap it on, boys. Today's the day. So, uh, yeah, and we talked about that. Again, just trying to prepare our guys' mentality and, and mindset is, hey, man, 
college baseball at every level, from D1 down to D2, D3, NAIA, junior college baseball, it's going to be an all-time high, man. you got to raise your game. And what's going to be your separator? You know, when talent is, is, is at an all-time high and, and in all honesty, you know, equally, you know, just as good. Yeah, we're, we're the best we've ever been, you know, talent-wise, I guess, quote-unquote, or should be, and so are these clubs. But where's going to be a separator? Go back to your will. Go back to your want-to. Go back to your preparation for success and, and how you handle those failures. So uh, those were some things, again, we just try to really embed in their mind back in the fall but they were prepared when they got out and they saw 99 on Sunday in Arizona. I was like, okay, no big deal, man. You know, coach told us, he made us aware. Have we seen 99 this year? No, not yet. But so what? Get in there, strap it on and, and let's get after it. You know, we've, we've practiced and prepared for velocity. Uh, and so let's go see if we can have some success on it. So I think they've, again, they've just done a really good job of soaking up all the conversations we've had to prepare them. Our leadership and Trey Schaefer and Will Warren, Connor Manola, uh, those guys have just done a, such a fantastic job of helping continue to to preach that message for us. You know, you know how it is, Clay. You deal with eighteen to twenty two, twenty three year old young men. They're, they're going to take some stuff in, and then they're going to ignore you on some stuff. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's like being a father. You know, sometimes you listen to your daddy, sometimes you listen to to your brother uh, type of deal. So I can only say so much until they start really, you know, holding each other accountable and holding each other responsible. Uh, we're only as good as we can be there. If that, that leadership's not there for us from that standpoint, uh, then there will be a limitation to us. If that's where it needs to be, then the sky's the limit for us. And we've done a good job to date so, uh, to be able to do that. Matt, a story I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned will and want to in that last answer. Your former pitching coach, a guy that uh, you wore his number, I believe it was an opening day uh, this year. Kind of tell how that may be an added motivating uh, factor to your young man and, and what he means uh, to this day to the Southeastern Lions program. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, Mamu, Caleb Manuel is his, his actual name. We call him Mamu. That's his nickname since, since the day we started recruiting him. He's from Mamu, Louisiana. And uh, he's got the good old Cajun accent and Cajun cooking. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a special special man. Um, you know, we've We've developed a relationship in the recruiting process. Come out of high school, he ended up going to junior college, recruiting again out of junior college, and ended up signing him out of junior college and, and played here. And then, you know, I'll see the impact he has as a player. We couldn't wait to get him back as a coach. We, uh, we were fortunate enough to have that opportunity. He coached here for three years as a volunteer and then uh, went off to high school to make actual money, right? At some point in time, you got to make money. Uh, did that, and then we just had an opportunity to rise where I was able to hire him as our pitching coach. But uh, yeah, in that process, man, it's it's funny how the good Lord works. Um, you know, if it had been two or three years earlier when he's in the volunteer role and the medical expenses that would have piled up without you know health insurance, anything else, I can't imagine where where we've been. But you know, we brought him back to us, and then in that first fall with us, the full time assistant uh, got diagnosed with a brain tumor, and then got diagnosed with a with a heart tumor as well. So, uh, man, just. I'll be honest with you, I'll never, ever meet another man that has fought as hard and has handled a situation uh, to that nature as best as he has. Um, He decided to take a step back, you know, just the speed of the game and the recruiting and everything else, you know, just the long game of hours we have to put in here. Uh, He wasn't more concerned about his health. He was more concerned about the guys not having enough of him being involved to coach them, and that's, that's the kind of man he is, you know. He didn't care about him. He wasn't worried about his health. He was worried about the guys and have enough time to work with him because he's going to do chemo treatments and everything else. So, um, yeah, so he stepped back, went back to the high school route to slow down a little bit. He's back at Pearl River High School. And, uh, you know, 
again, I don't know if I'll ever meet another human being that's going to influence my mindset of how to handle adversity uh, more than what what he's shown me, uh, not through words, through actions. And so, yeah, I thought it was pretty neat to pop out 18 for the year. Um, normally, I wear 17, and, and a few guys have asked, like, hey, man, what's, you always wear 17, what's 18? And I get to tell the story because I think it's a great mm-hmm. story of, of how to persevere through through some challenging times. Uh, I think his story and his conversations, the way he did it, he can help others uh, do the same thing and, and beat uh, such a deadly disease. And uh, it goes back to the man attitude, man. And so obviously the, the impact that he made on these young men, you know, at 18 to 22, 23 years old, you don't deal with a whole lot of death. You don't deal with a whole lot of uh, firsthand stuff, you know, in that nature. You know, as we get older, you know, we, we have uh, relatives, we have, you know, uh, our parents, and, and, you know, we start to deal with a little bit more. At that age, it's kind of a shock, and they don't know really what to do. They kind of get in a in a limbo, so to speak. And so, uh, he he made life a little bit more reality for them. Uh, I think he ended up giving them a picture that there is life after baseball. Uh, the, sure. the, the neat thing about this game, it is a game. Uh, it doesn't define you of who you are or what you are. Uh, whether you get that hit, doesn't make you a hero for the rest of your life. Whether you strike out, it doesn't make you a zero for the rest of your life how you handle those moments in time and how you handle your character and yourself and, and uh, moving forward with that is, is who you truly are. And so uh, I think it just gave our guys a, a much better perspective of life. You know, at 18 years old, 19 years old, you don't think a whole lot about what's after baseball. You just think <laughs> the immediate, right? Hey, man, where, where do we play? How do we win? Uh, and how do we, how do we party and have fun after? So uh, these guys have obviously been able to mature, I think, through that. And I think he's been a, a great mentor to some of these guys that have had other real life situations to deal with. You know, we've had some players that had to deal with, you know, uh, losing a parent or losing a sibling. And um, so he's been a, a great resource for them just to get through their trials and tribulations uh, to have success, you know, past, uh, you know, whatever the situation may be. Yeah. When I was reading Matt, doing research and having you on, I said, well, Matt, look at Matt and them and what they're doing. I'm going to reach out, you know, leading our conference. Got the 250th win in your career over there earlier this year. But then, in that digging and seeing, I said, no, if I know Matt, he'll want to spend some time on this with the listeners that aren't aware of the impact that that guy's had on the club. It was cool that, you know, it looked like y'all normally had a senior uh, retreat or a senior deal where the senior would get up and, and, and tell what the program had meant. Yep. And, and y'all let him speak. That really stood out to me. And the impact is just a really cool story. So I appreciate you going back down that tough road with us. Yeah, and I told Rachel, the the lady who wrote the article, it's probably the best piece of literature I've ever I've ever read in my entire life. Um, just what she – to be able to paint that picture in words like she did, I thought it was a fantastic article. And we talked about it. We even teared up when we sat, sat there and talked about the article. She's like, Coach, I teared up, you know, just talking to him. Sure. And, and while I was writing it, it's just like it is. It's such an inspirational story, man. And – that's why, again, I tell people, man, they need to hear the story because, uh, yeah, it's uplifting and, and obviously I think it can help others do the same thing. So, yeah, for every, when we talk about lying for life, man, Mamu will always be alive for life and he is the epitome of what lying for life means. It's awesome stuff, Matt. Look, you're telling us over in Hammond, America, y'all may get a little break in this weather, so go take advantage of it, brother. We appreciate you taking time for Jeff and I. Absolutely, Clay, Jeff. I appreciate it as always, man. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the show, dude. This is not the only episodes I listen to. I listen to a bunch of them. I've got some good ones on there. So we're always trying to learn from, from some other coaches. And uh, the more we can share, I think the more we can all learn. 
Thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate you, man. Continued success. Yeah, appreciate it, guys.